Thank you so much for having me. Um, as Matt said, my name's Chris. Um, uh, myself and my wife, Jo, we're... Uh, <laughs> we are part of the Holbeck uh, gathering. Um, when Matt introduced me earlier as we was praying for the service, he called me a visitor, and I was like, ah, that feels new. That feels like something different. And, and whilst I am, I'm still here as part of this group and really excited for what's happening at North Central and, and really want to speak into, into that today. Um, if you have been around over the past couple of weeks, um, we have been uh, looking at the book of James, and, and that has been the, the series we've been in. And, and today, I want to take us through a really interesting part of the book. Um, Dave, uh, for the first week, gave us a really great introduction uh, to the book, explaining that it's actually wisdom literature and written as real direct advice, uh, a deep call, if you want, uh, to do better uh, living a life pleasing to God. Um, he gave a really good example of what uh, the book is like, uh, looking at sort of like a parent who sees their child doing different things and pulls them aside, puts an arm around them and says, yeah, yeah if you want to improve in this, you can do it this way, you can do it that way. Um, and so this is what the book uh, really lives out. This is what the book speaks to. Um, some of the language is direct and can be uncomfortable, um, but it's really important to hear that the words in this book is written out of love. Uh, James is speaking to uh, recipients who are the Jerusalem church, but they're spread out among the nations, um, facing various trials and challenges. Um, and so he wants to really encourage. Um, so it's not out of anger or disdain, but it's out of love. Um, and then uh, a week after, we heard from Steve, and he gave us a, a preach around uh, the first few verses in, in the letter, um, encouraging us to be prepared, knowing that trials and challenges will come. Um, and know what we believe. Um, remember the things about God that we already know, uh, and keep our eyes on the prize. Um, Steve talked about l learning to hold the good things in life more lightly and to find joy uh, in God. Um, and so, where we find ourselves today, uh, James does speak of perseverance, doing its work so that we may mature and become complete and not lack in anything. Uh, but in the verses we look at today, there is an acknowledgement that we are not fully complete. Um, we're not fully mature. My hand is up there, you know. Um, and we do lack some things. At least I know I do. Uh, I know when I come up against challenges um, of what to do, not necessarily right or wrong, um, but different options. For example, in recently getting married to Joe, um, we have had to go through the challenge of where do we invest our time? Uh, how do we live out our lives as a couple and spend our time, which is much less than what we had when we were just dating and we could see other people? Um, uh, how do we maintain our relationship with our friends, our family, whilst uh, trying to invest in community and have two demanding jobs? How do we do that? And when there's times of real pressure in our lives, whether it's deadlines at work uh, or things going on personally with friends and family around us, I guess I, I want to be able to say, you know, uh, I'm able to bed down, assess the situations and make a plan accordingly or hold my nerve, and maybe for you, um, my example's very personal, but maybe for you it's sort of like around finances. What do I do with my finances? Uh, which schools do my children go to? Um, I think we'd all love to say that these decisions are straightforward, 
Um, but James realizes, and I think we realize, that life is a bit more complicated than that. You know, things aren't just straightforward, and it requires wisdom to navigate the tight turns and the tricky situations life has for us. Um, when we hear wisdom, uh, we might think of knowledge and what we know, or to a certain extent, the things we have studied or uh, can share in advice. And whilst this is contained in what the Bible calls wisdom, the Bible alludes to wisdom being the ability to apply this knowledge, what we know, what we have studied, um, and including biblical truths and what God has to say about the highs and lows of life. Uh, Nikki Gumbel recently shared an analogy on Instagram, um, yeah, referencing Instagram, uh, um, about wisdom being the art of steering. Uh, so he talked about driving a car and going down a really uh, narrow alley and, and trying to avoid scraping, um, uh, scraping the car. And, and so wisdom being the ability to take the right turns and avoid going down the wrong path. Um, it's been able to guide our own behavior and conduct and help others to do the same when life brings problems. Uh, so in the verses we look at today, uh, James, thankfully, helps us, giving us pointers as to where to find wisdom and how it can help us. Uh, so let's look at the first few verses, uh, James 1, uh, verse 5 to 11. It'll come up on the screen. Um, if you have Bibles, uh, feel free to go to it. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because the, the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Well, it's clear from what James says here, where wisdom comes from, where know-how comes from, it comes from God. And just plainly speaking, it's, it's really encouraging to know that God being God, full of wisdom, um, gives it to us without favoritism or looking for reason not to give it. He shares with us freely um, and will be, will need, and, and all we need to do is ask. Um, I used to work in schools uh, as uh, doing some workshops with different young people um, of all ages. And uh, when I was in schools, my friends used to ask me, which do I prefer, primary or secondary? And I imagine as I, as I put, that, put that question out, some of you might say primary, secondary. For me, straight away, it was secondary. Um, sorry for the primary school teachers in the room. Um, but I, I just found that I could have a bit of a debate, a bit of a conversation with the older young people. Um, and I, yeah, we could go back and forth. I think uh, when it came to uh, working in primary schools, uh, I, I could set a task uh, for 15 minutes, um, ask them to do things, and I kid you not, 30 seconds later, uh, a child would come up and say, oh, is this right? Is this okay? Um, and I'd be like, yeah, no, that's fine. Keep going, keep going. You've only been 30 seconds. And then 30 seconds later, this, young, this same child would come up to me, I've, I've just added this bit to it. Is that okay? And you're like, yeah, no, keep going, mate. Keep going. Yeah, you're good, you're good. And then again, a, a minute later, come up again and say, oh, so I've added this stuff to that stuff. Is that what you wanted? I'm like, yeah, mate. Yeah, 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 sure. Go for it. Um, and I think, just honestly speaking, let, let me just put this out in the room. I love kids. Um, I'm, not, I'm not against kids. I love kids. Um, but what I found as, as, a, as someone going into a school, I found it tiring having to say yes, yes, and then keep going back to, uh, yeah, sort of like 
encouraging and, and, and moving forward in this work. And, and this is just a tip of the hat to, to like parents, guardians, ca- uh, carers, teachers, and children workers. You do an, an awesome job. Um, but I, I, I knew that wasn't my calling. Um, <laughs> and so what, what I would say, as I said at the start, I am uh, moving towards maturity. I'm moving towards fullness. Uh, but thankfully, we have a God who is not like me, um, who uh, runs out of patience, who, is, who gets tired. But we have a God um, who loves hearing our questions, uh, loves to give advice, loves to give instruction, and he wants us to come to him. Um, listen to what James says, uh, Jesus says while teaching, uh, Matthew 7, verse 7 to 8. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. This is Jesus teaching that asking is good, and the English translation doesn't quite do it justice, but the Greek indicates persistence uh, and continual asking, seeking and knocking is what he's talking about here. So uh, it's encouraged, and so God wants us to come to him um, with our requests, so let's go to him. Uh, If we need wisdom in the day-to-day, he is open and willing to hear us and wants to answer us. So God gives wisdom freely. Sounds great, doesn't it? A God that freely gives uh, advice and wisdom. I guess the question is, why the verse is following it? Verse 6, but when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. What is he getting at here? What does it mean to not doubt? There's two key parts to this that are really important to get. Uh, The word doubt comes comes from a Greek word again, uh, diakrinomai, which means to hesitate, weigh up, or argue the merits of two differing points. And then he also mentions being double-minded. And what James means here is literally being two-souled. Not souls, but souls. Um, separate, two separate minds, being, two separate, being in two separate places at once and facing two different ways. And so the marrying of these two is as if you're faced with two serious options, knowing they do not compute with each other, but trying to make them work and not making a decision, not being committed. He likens this person to a wave of the sea being blown and tossed by the wind, a person who is in, unstable in all they do. So what, what is James saying here? He's, he's wanting to encourage the reader, the audience, to be committed. If you follow Christ, follow Christ. Trust in him and don't be in two camps. When it comes to doubt, I guess there's a little bit more to say uh, We see in the Bible, doubt doesn't necessarily mean unbelief or not trusting in who God is. There are Psalms that display the doubt of people when it comes to God. His disciples even doubted. And Jesus still kept them around. And on many occasions, he met them in their doubt. And if we are being human uh, and admit it, there will be times when we do doubt too. So what do we do with that doubt? What do we do? Well, the answer, believe it or not, is back in verse 5. Ask God for wisdom. For James and the Christian, asking God for wisdom, spending time with him, is not a one-time thing. It's something we are to keep doing again and again. 
When I say uh, spending time with him, I, I mean so like praying, reading his words, spending time alone with him, listening and engaging in worship music, other spiritual disciplines. Why? Well, prayer in itself is an act of faith. The act of choosing to open up communication and prayer shows belief and trust. Trust that there is something bigger than ourselves. There's a God who listens. And as we spend more time with him, he reveals more about himself to us and who we are. Uh, Theologian and pastor R.C. Sproul said, Prayer does change things, all kinds of things. But the most important thing it changes is us. As we engage in the communion with God more deeply and come to know the one with whom we are speaking more intimately, that growing knowledge of God reveals to us all the more brilliantly who we are and our need to change in conformity to him. Prayer changes us profoundly. As we pray, spend time with him, God reveals ever more who he is, his vastness, his supremacy, the fact that he is the designer of the world that keeps us alive through its design. And actually what you find is as you spend more time with him, you gain a greater appreciation of who he is. This is why the Bible says in other wisdom literature, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Fear meaning reverence, awe, respect, knowing God has capabilities that far outweighs anything we could ever do. I've uh, put together a bit of illustration. Um, As we go to God, as we ask, As we ask, we spend more time with him through the spiritual disciplines. He opens our eyes. God gives us fresh revelation of who he is, and we become more like him. And uh, through that, we gain wisdom. We understand how big he is in comparison to our doubts. And it's often said, the more you spend time with someone, the more you become like them. Um, I sort of know this um, for myself, um, I've started to uh, inherit or learn different words as I've become married. I, I use the word decant. <laughs> so, like, some of you know what decant means, but when I, when I got married, uh, my wife would, would say, oh, I'm just going to de- decant this into a, into a bowl. And I was like, I'm from Leeds. I grew up in Chapel Town. Chapel Town. What are we on about decant? Pour it into a, into a bowl. For those who don't know what decant means, it means pouring one thing into another. <laughs> but funnily enough, that word is quite useful in different circumstances. So I'm learning, you know. Um, <laughs> so, but the more you spend, <clears throat> the more you spend time with someone, the more you become like them. Uh, and it's the same with God. As as we spend time with Him, as we go to Him, our eyes are opened, uh, not just to who He is, but who we are in him. As, we, as our eyes are opened, we realize his vastness, his supremacy, his size in comparison to our doubts, and we gain real wisdom. And actually, real wisdom looks like realizing that God is huge in comparison to some of the things we, we experience, and realizing, ah, he's got some really good advice on this stuff. And so, Actually, I'm going to go back to him again with some more asks, some more things that I'm facing. And so there's a cyclical nature to this. There's a, there's a, a, a yeah, a, a real sort of like uh, thing that we go again and again. Um, 
we gain a clearer and healthier perspective of who God is. Uh, and being wise looks like going back to him with our questions and challenges. Um, as we become more aware, we're more aware of our need for his input. And we have a greater dependency on a God who is big enough to take it. So number two, God's wisdom brings stability. With this in mind, let's read the last few verses. Uh, Verse 9. Believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position, but the rich should take pride in their humiliation since they will pass away like a wildflower. For the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant, its blossom falls and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich will fade away even while they go about their business. Now, we'd be forgiven to ask for asking the question, what do these verses have to do with anything we have just read and heard? But there's a, there's a reason why James speaks about the position of the rich and the poor. He wants to draw attention to the trials, the tests, the challenges that both those who find themselves in a favorable and less favorable position will find themselves in life, will have in life, sorry. No matter whether you find yourself rich or poor, there is a temptation to look our situations with an earthly perspective. What do I, what do I mean by this? Uh, it's no secret that success, wealth, and achievement are often seen as indicators of doing well. Uh, we only need to look at who is held high in our society and popular culture to know this. Uh, it's often those who have achieved fame and fortune, who are celebrated, who are revered, and seen as role models. And I guess what James is saying is this isn't necessarily or totally or completely how we uh, count success. In fact, it's not at all. What matters is our belief, our faith, and our understanding of who we are in and through Christ. If you are poor, take pride in your high position, namely that you are a child of God, that you are loved and cared for. And whilst in this moment right now, life is testing Know that your eternal position is secure in him. You are and always will be a child of God. If you are rich, take pride knowing that what you have is not your be-all and end-all. And actually, God has given you much more than any material wealth or possession could. This is why he speaks about the fragility of being rich and likens it to a sun-scorched plant. Our wealth isn't something that is guaranteed, but it is a gift. Uh, And if our security comes from God, we can have a looser grip on our possessions and actually choose to give to others who are in more need. Just to go back to the beginning, uh, James is writing to a scattered people facing different circumstances. He wants to make sure they understand their identity. He wants to make sure they understand who they are and Uh, Yeah, who they are in him is not defined by their circumstances. It's as if he's saying, don't look to your status of wealth. He could have said anything. He could have said success, popularity. Um, But he says wealth. Take pride in your position, your identity found in God through Christ. So for us, we are in Leeds, scattered, maybe further afield for some of us. We have varying circumstances, and the encouragement is the same. Do not let our circumstances define us, 
but take pride in our identity found in God through Jesus. So God's wisdom reaffirms our identity. There's a lot in there, but I just ask, where or who are you looking to for wisdom to navigate the highs and lows of life? You know, we've just heard God's, God gives wisdom freely, and there is nothing that we go through that he doesn't want to hear about and journey with us in. If uh, you wouldn't call yourself a Christian, um, maybe this is the first time you might have heard that God wants to uh, give wisdom to us and wants to journey through the highs and lows of life. And it's true. This is the truth of a God um, we believe in. Uh, Through Jesus, through his person and through what he did, uh, we're able to have relationship with him and God and and, and we're able to, uh, yeah, access that wisdom. God's wisdom brings stability. Maybe you heard the description of being tossed like the waves of the sea and feeling unstable and it resonates with you. I'd encourage you, bring it to God. It might be that you do that now with someone as we respond. And then lastly, um, maybe the comparison of the rich and the poor struck a chord with you. And I think it's really important for us to hear all together, we are loved and we are seen as children of God. And that our status, our security does not fade away or wither, but through Jesus Christ we are secure. So why won't you just stand with me and, and I will just pray. And as the band come back as well. Yeah, Heavenly Father, thank you so much that you are a wise God. You're a God that has uh, wisdom that far, uh, far passes our wisdom. And you want us to come to you. And wherever we find ourselves... Um, whether it's we feel unstable, uh, whether we didn't know uh, that you want us to come for wisdom, Father, would you meet us in it? And as we respond, uh, would you meet us in that as well? Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.